Amazon Books, your weekly program about great reads through book talks, trailers, and first chapters. Presented by Mrs. Winningham and Mrs. Kovach. Hi, this is Mrs. Kovach. Today I'll be reading from the book, A Child Called It, by Dave Pelzer. Chapter 1, The Rescue. March 5th, 1973, Daly City, California. I'm late. I've got to finish the dishes on time, otherwise no breakfast. And since I didn't have dinner last night, I have to make sure I get something to eat. My mother's running around yelling at my brothers. I can hear her stomping down the hallway towards the kitchen. I dip my hands back into the scalding rinse water. It's too late. She catches my hands out of the water. Smack. Mother hits me in the face and I topple to the floor. I know better than to stand there and take the hit. I've learned the hard way that she takes that as an act of defiance, which means more hits are worst of all, no food. I regain my posture and dodge her looks as she screams into my ears. I act timid, nodding to her threats. Please, I say to myself, just let me eat. Hit me again, but I have to have food. Another blow pushes my head against the tiled countertop. I let the tears of mock defeat stream down my face as she storms out of the kitchen, seemingly satisfied with herself. After I count her steps, making sure she's gone, I breathe a sigh of relief. The act worked. Mother can beat me all she wants, but I haven't let her take away my will to somehow survive. I finish the dishes and then my other chores. For my reward, I receive breakfast, leftovers from one of my brother's cereal bowls. Today is Lucky Charms. There's only a few bits of cereal left in half a, in a half a bowl of milk, but as quickly as I can, I swallow it before Mother changes her mind. She's done that before. Mother enjoys using food as her weapon. She knows better than to throw leftovers into the garbage can. She knows I will dig them out later. Mother knows most of my tricks. Minutes later, I am in the old family station wagon. Because I was so late with my chores, I have to be driven to school. Usually I run to school, arriving just as class begins, with no time to steal any food from the other kids' lunchboxes. Mother drops my oldest brother off, but keeps me for a lecture about her plans for tomorrow. She's going to take me to her brother's house. She says Uncle Dan will take care of me. She makes it as a threat. I give her a frightened look as if I'm truly afraid, but I know that even though my uncle is a hard-nosed man, he surely won't treat me like Mother does. Before the station wagon comes to a complete stop, I dash out of the car. Mother yells for me to return. I have forgotten my crumpled lunch bag, which always had the same menu for the last three years. Two peanut butter sandwiches and a few carrot sticks. Before I bolt out of the car again, she says, tell him, tell him you ran into a door. And then her voice she rarely uses with me, she states, have a nice day. I look into her swollen red eyes. She still has a hangover from last night's stupor. Her once beautiful shiny hair is now a frazzled clumps. And as usual, she wears no makeup. She's overweight and she knows it. And all of this, this has become my mother's typical look. Because I'm so late, I have to report to the administrative office. The gray-haired secretary greets me with a smile. Moments later, the school nurse comes out and leads me to her office, where we go through the normal routine. First, she examines my face and arms. What's that above your eyes, she asked. I nodded sheepishly. Oh, I ran into the hall door by accident. Again, she smiles and takes a clipboard from the top of her cabinet. She flips through a page or two and then bends down to show me. Here, she points to the paper you said that last Monday, remember? I quickly changed my story. I was playing baseball and got hit by the bat. It was an accident. Accident. I'm always supposed to say that, but the nurse knows better. She scolds me, so I tell her the truth. I always break down in the end and confess, and even though I feel like I should protect my mother. 
The nurse tells me that I'll be fine and asks me to take off my clothes. We've been doing this since last year, so I immediately obey. My long sleeve shirt has more holes than Swiss cheese. It's the same shirt I've worn for about two years. Mother has me wear it every day as her way to humiliate me. My pants are just as bad and my shoes have holes in the toes. I can wiggle my big toe out of one of them. While I stand clothing clothed only in my underwear, the nurse records my various marks and bruises on the clipboard. She counts the slash marks on my face, looking for any she might have missed in the past. She's very, very, very thorough. Next, the nurse opens my mouth to look at my teeth that are chipped from having been slammed against the kitchen tile countertop. She jots a few more notes on her paper, and as she continues to look over me, she stops at the old scar on my stomach. And that, she says as she takes a deep swallow, is where she stabs you? Yes, ma'am, I replied. Oh, no, I tell myself. I've done something wrong again. The, mer- the nurse must have seen the concern in my eyes. She puts the clipboard down and hugs me. I tell myself, she's so warm. I don't want to let go. I want to stay in her arms forever. I hold my eyes tightly shut, and for a few moments, nothing else exists. She pats my head, and I flinch from the swollen bruise mother gave me this morning. The nurse then breaks the embrace and leaves the room. I rush to put my clothes back on. She doesn't know it, but I do everything as fast as possible. The nurse returns in a few minutes with Mr. Hansen, the principal, and two of my teachers, Miss Wood and Miss Ziegler. Mr. Hansen knows me very well. I've been in his office more than any other kid in the school. He looks at the paper as the nurse reports her finding. He lifts my chin. I'm afraid to look in his eyes, which is mostly a habit from trying to deal with my mother. But it's also because I don't want to tell him anything. Once about a year ago, he called mother to ask about my bruises. And at that time, he had no idea what was really going on. He just knew I was a troubled kid who was stealing food. When I came to school the next day, he saw the results of my mother's beatings and he never called her again. Mr. Hansen barks. Barks. He's had enough of this. I almost leap out of my skin with fear. He's going to call mother again. My brain screams. I break down and cry. My body shakes like jello and I mumble like a baby, begging Mr. Hansen not to phone my mother. Please, I whine. Not today. Don't you understand? It's Friday. Mr. Hansen assures me he is not going to call my mother and sends me off to class. Since it's too late for homeroom, I sprint directly to Mrs. Woodworth's English class. Today, a spelling test on all, on all the states and capitals. I'm not prepared. Usually, I'm not a very good student. But for the past few months, I gave up on everything in my life, including escaping my misery through my schoolwork. Upon entering the room, all the students plug their noses and hiss at me. The substitute teacher, a younger woman, waves her hand in front of her face. She's not used to my smell. Um, At arm's length, she hands me my test, but before I can take my seat in the back of the class by the open window, I'm summoned back to the principal's office. The entire room lets out a howl at me, the the reject of fifth grade. I run to the administration's office, and I'm there in a flash. My throat is raw and still burns from yesterday's game mother played against me. The secretary leads me to the teacher's lounge, and after she opens the door, it takes a moment for my eyes to adjust. In front of me, sitting at the table, are my homeroom teacher, Mr. Ziegler, and my math teacher, Miss Moss, the, the school nurse, and Mr. Hansen, and a police officer. My feet become frozen. I don't know whether to run away or wait for the roof to cave in. Mr. Hansen waves me in as the secretary closes the door behind me. I take a seat at the head of the table, explaining, I didn't steal anything today. Smiles break everyone's depressed frowns. I had no idea that they were about to risk their jobs to save me. The police officer explains why Mr. Hansen called him. I can feel myself shrink in the chair. The officer says that I need to tell him about mother. I shake my head no. Too many people already know the secret, and I know she'll find out. A soft voice calms me. I think it's Miss Moss. She tells me it's all right. 
I take a deep breath, wring my hands, and reluctantly tell them about mother and me. Then the nurse has me stand up and show the police officer the scar on my chest. Without hesitation, I tell them it was an accident, which it was. Mother never meant to stab me. I cry as I spill my guts, telling them mother punishes me because I'm bad. I wish they would leave me alone. I feel so slimy inside. I know after all these years, there's nothing anyone can do. A few minutes later, I'm excused to sit in the outer office. As I close the door, all the adults look at me and shake their heads in an approving way. I fidget in my chair, watching the secretary type papers. It seems forever before Mr. Hansen calls me back into the room. Miss Woods and Mr. Ziegler leave the lounge. They seem happy, but at the same time worried. Miss Woods kneels down and wraps her arms around me. I don't think I'll ever forget the smell of her perfume in her hair. She lets go, turning away so I won't see her cry. And now I'm really worried. Mr. Hansen gives me a lunch tray from the cafeteria. My God, is it lunchtime already? I ask myself. I gobble down the food so fast I can hardly taste it, and I finish my tray in record time. Soon the principal returns with a box of cookies, warning me not to eat so fast. I have no idea what's going on. One of my guesses is that my father, who's separated from my mother, has come to get me. But I know that's a fantasy. The policeman asks for my address and telephone number. That's it, I tell myself. It's back to having to live there. I'm not going to ever get away from her again. The officer writes down more notes as Mr. Hansen and the school nurse look on. Soon he'll close his notepad and tell Mr. Hansen that he's had enough information. I look up at the principal. His face is covered with sweat and I can feel my stomach start to coil. I want to go to the bathroom and throw up. Mr. Hansen opens the door and I can see all the teachers on their, on their lunch break staring at me. I'm so ashamed. They know, I tell myself, they know the truth about my mother, the real truth. It's so important for them to know that I'm not a bad boy. I want so much to be liked, to be loved, and I turn down the hall. Mr. Ziegler is holding Miss Woods. She is crying, and I can hear her sniffle. She gives me another hug and quickly turns away, and Mr. Ziegler shakes my hand. Be a good boy, he says. Yes, sir. I'll try, is all I can say. The school nurse stands in silence besides Mr. Hansen, and they tell me goodbye. Now I know I'm going to jail. Good, I tell myself. At least she won't be able to beat me if I'm in jail.